A hammock. They need a hammock. Huh? Am I wrong? <laughs> oh, fuck, Rob. Do you know what I would give for a hammock in here? Oh. We'd never do a show. Ten minutes, you, you, you find a hat and you put it down on your eyes, and you're like, oh, look at me. I got a hammock. And then you know what you, you go, and you go, Ah. <laughs> and the only way I can wake you up is like uh, the way uh, Gilligan would sometimes wake up. I'd fling you like all the way around. Whoa, 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 whoa. funny, I go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sounds from the 70s with Gary and Rob. Sometimes known as the Barber from Seville. The Barber from Seville. Oh, uh, Isn't that enough to You know, you don't have to say anything after that. Ah, I feel compelled to. I know you do, but you shouldn't. Some devil that gets inside me. Yeah, well, kill that fucking devil. (laughs) Anyway, coming, we're coming to you from from a cabin in the woods that even mountain men are afraid to venture to. But not us, we are strong and stupid. Uh, the two best qualities to have at the same time, aren't they? Strong and stupid. When exploring? Yes. Oh, did I say exploring? I meant getting a cabin. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you look for a strong, stupid cabin. We've achieved it. This one's stupid. Now, today, uh, I don't know what's going on today. You know what? Before I go to the script, because the script is almost meaningless, because we took, like, we, as in Rob. Yeah. Right, Rob? I was like, uh, I don't want to do the show this week. I don't want to do it next week. You just go away. You haven't done a show in like three weeks. Because I'm going to tell you people the honest truth. Rob said he had problems with his balls on the first week. Ball. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he, had, he, had ball. <laughs> he had ball trouble on the first week. Uh, the left one, as, as he's been having trouble with for the blast. It's- it's been a troublemaker. Six or seven years. And then what what was the trouble last week that we couldn't do a show and, and then I got mad. What was what was your reason then? Uh, I was out too long in the sun. We weren't supposed to get this warm weather this early in the year. We did. It caught me by surprise. I was surprised. I was also sickened by it. Heat stroke. I guess you could condense that two minute speech into heat stroke. Heat stroke is what the what <laughs> waylaid me last week. Uh, <laughs> I was out in the woods, and when I was out in the woods, it seemed to be hotter than usual. Just say fucking heat stroke, okay? I get, I, I get paid by the word. Fuck. <laughs> now, so we're going to, you know, it's kind of like I wrote this script a long time ago. We're kind of going to use a little bit of the script. We're not going to use a little bit of the script. It's going to be a ram jam. Remember remember Black Betty? Oh, Black Betty. Ram Ram-a-jam. jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know y'all of you are turning to the to the gardening show, but I'm telling you, this show is going to be good once we get going. Okay, we're close to going. Oh, we're going. oh, black baby. <laughs> <laughs> so now today we have another all women band to talk about, and that is I don't even remember this. This is so long. Well, this is ridiculous that you took two weeks two off weeks. which is actually three weeks by the time we did the last show it was just supposed to be one week because I was sick and it was like uh, well, two weeks that's unconscionable but I declared an emergency week off and uh, we're going to talk about the all <laughs> so, I, I'm mad today this is going to be a very mad show an angry I'm going to be an angry show we're going to talk about the alt punk reggae band The Slits and we will be reviewing their 1979 debut album Cut. With no <laughs> I end. didn't say it like that. Cut. <laughs> and I'm saying cut. <laughs> With no N. Unfortunately, Rob actually pronounces it with an N in the title. <laughs> which I in no way endorse or will comply with. <laughs> you see, I kept some things from three weeks ago. Because I thought they was funny. Uh... Well, speaking of Rob. Uh, Me? Rob? Oh, I already talked about that. because your test It was a testicle <clears throat> infection is what you had. 
Yeah. Which you get regularly because you have a faulty testicle which has to be uh, and I, nurtured. And, and, and I keep falling on it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I hope, Rob, after uh, uh, you have taken, I don't know how Measures? many weeks off, you are feeling better now, right? I feel a little better. I'm feeling a little better. I don't know uh, what the future will bring, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm feeling optimistic. I'm not asking a year from now. I just want to know right now if you're feeling better. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm feeling a little better. My ball feels better. I feel better. I feel better because my ball feels better. Now, oh, this is true. Now, because now be, I wrote this, and this is true. Now, because of Rob's unfortunate scrotum problem, we have to work like five weeks in a row, which uh, five shows in a row. Yeah, yeah. this is gonna be one heck of a four row. weeks in a row and five because we're doing two shows this week, and then we got to do uh, three shows after that, three weeks after that before we get a. But I did get two weeks off, so I'm not complaining. I got two weeks of uh, misery. Shut the fuck up. So, <laughs> I get so pepped up for a show, and then when it's canceled, I have the script written, and then when it comes to showtime, the script is way out of yes. sorts. Out of focus. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. That's what you get for writing a script early, and by early, like two days before. Yeah. You should wait till like an hour before. So, speaking of scrotum, Rob, how was your uh, week? Or did you like we are don't already know but how was your week well after the heat stroke i uh recovered and i uh went to the theater and watched a movie but i don't remember what movie it was it was uh, a movie with some guys and uh, some gals on the, the screen there and they were doing uh, stuff i told you to do the pauses didn't i tell you to do the pauses oh the pauses the pauses aren't me if i were to pause i think i'd lose people's attention more so then I lose it. So last week, what I did is I finally made myself. And when I say last week, <laughs> I mean three weeks ago. Sometime in the past. <laughs> I finally made myself watch the uh, 2022 uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. And luckily, it was, it was only four hours long. <laughs> now I wasted fucking four hours for you people Were because I only watched it because I feel it's my job to comment on it and to tell you what's going on and because a lot of the acts well some of the acts are from the 70s and I watch it every year and I hate it and I only do it because I love you people you people I love you people you're like you're like my brothers and sisters and, and some who call themselves they and <laughs> What we call citizens. <laughs> so I had to put myself through four hours of what I call, uh, uh, I don't know if I should call it what I call it. It's, it, it. it's it's a nice way of making somebody feel happy. When they don't deserve it. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I consider, oh, so it's giving somebody a hand job over and over again. And it's, 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 it's a kind of a risky, risque thing to say, but that's what I think it's like, a, it's, it's, it's all like, I love you and peace and love and whatever. Big, I'm not against peace and love, Rob, but this is, um, too anyways. Much. Now, as much as I despise the hall of fame, which I do. Yep. I do feel it is my job every year to watch the ceremony. Now, even though this is true, it took me over five months to finally have the nerve to do it. It was it was on in like early December, and it took me enough. I finally said, maybe after five, close to six months, I should watch this it, because I don't know. So I finally watched it, and uh, yeah. It was, thing? it was four hours long. <laughs> well, I'm thinking you know, all the good bands have already been inducted. So who are they inducting? Now, the funny thing is, is that by the time I watched it, which was three weeks ago, by the way. Three weeks ago? I watched it three weeks ago. Not which, last week, which would have been fresh. Yes. Three weeks, three ago. weeks ago. In between that time, they have announced the nominees for next year's episode. Not episode. Uh, induction ceremony, which ha of course has no rock and roll acts involved. 
Of course. <laughs> um, which has been mentioned a few times on uh, by critics and stuff that I've read on the internet. Oh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, again, nominated unrock and roll acts to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. While the actual rock and roll uh, acts are looking to get uh, inducted for the 20th straight year. Which is also true. This is not bullshit. It sounds like a gag, but it's not. <laughs> uh, they've gone a different direction now I'm not I'm not saying that these artists so called awards oh. these artists don't deserve wait till I say something no, no, <laughs> before no, no, you no, comment no, no, no. on it I don't get, comment on what you think I'm going to say you're getting me angry uh, <laughs> these so called no now I said so called these artists do deserve to be in the Hall of Fame they're all legendary but they don't deserve all of them to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's all I'm saying. I have nothing against anybody that's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's just that it's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I brought this up, and I've said this so many times on the show. You're all probably sick of hearing it. But listen, they have Hall of Fames. They have the Country Music Hall of Fame. They don't have rock acts in the, in, in, <laughs> in the Country Music Hall of Fame. I don't know about any other music Hall of Fame. I really don't. I, I don't know if there is any. If there is, I just don't know about them. The Country Music Hall of Fame is, is pretty legendary. But let's make it a sports analogy. If you're a baseball player, they don't say, you know what? Let's put Wayne Gretzky in the Baseball Hall of Fame because what he did with hockey... Influenced so many baseball players <laughs> that put him in there. It's so, it's, and I, I just, I, it's ridiculous, isn't it? What I just said. Well, then it's ridiculous for rock and roll, first of all, to have the nerve to say uh, you belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because we encompass everything. Yeah, which in a way, which in a way, we do. Like rock and roll is a great thing because it likes to take its its inspirations, like gospel and and R and B. Yes, inspirations. But that's all. If it's entirely the inspiration, then it, it ceases to be rock and roll. Yes, that's well, the they, point. They, they, let's go to Cleveland and fight these people. Now I'm gonna. Fight these people. You know, you just, you just piss me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're killing my point. Uh, but uh, I'm, uh, you know, I saw it was it was actually for four hours long. Of course, it was uh, torturous. But if you put the highlights in there, there was some really good performances. I really like Duran Duran. I actually think they're a rock and roll band. I I would put them in uh, to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'd put anybody into the Hall of Fame that was nominated, just maybe not the Rock and Roll. Pat Benatar was f oh, fucking killer. She oh, was, she was, time. She, yes, I said the same thing. She was also went in with her husband, Neil Gerardo, who, Gerardo, who has been with her, and they've been married for like uh, 1981. So it's been, and her they've been together player. since 1970, her guitar player. And they, so they've been together 10, 20, 30, 40, almost 45 years, which is incredible. And she came up there, and I'm telling you, she's, I forgot her age now. I think she's like 75. I swear to God. Rob, could you look that up for me on your Google? Google. <laughs> Forget it. I but Pat Benatar came up there, and she just rocked. Holy fuck, she did uh, Heartbreaker and Love is a Battlefield. And you don't think Pat Bentar belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, you should have just seen her, her 15 minute set. It was it was blistering. and um, So it wasn't all awful. There were some bright spots. Oh, there was. I, I, I'm not saying there was any. I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm just saying four hours is, is a lot. And I think that's even edited. I don't know how long the night is. The night, the night may be eight hours long. My God, imagine if you went to that thing and you had to be there for eight hours. Yeah, I remember. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, what happens? You have to poop. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you don't want to use their restroom. What would you do then? You got to take a break. You got to go poop. Yeah, I'd go. I'd go. I'd go next. I'd go across the street. I'd say, when am I getting my award? I'll be there uh, for ten minutes. <laughs> that's what I'd do. Judas Priest. Yes. Judas Priest, uh, heavy metal comes under rock and roll. 
Yeah. Uh, they they again did a killer set. They did you know got another thing coming a brick in the law, brick in the law, which I love. <laughs> I couldn't get out of that out of my head for like three days. Brick <laughs> in the law and living after midnight, and that's just three of the songs. Judas Priest is legendary in the heavy metal community. Let me just say uh, again a criticism of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is so much about inclusive being inclusive to everything that what's actually rock and roll heavy metal gets shafted oh yeah and there are lots of heavy metal bands that could be in the hall of fame but because there's a bias because the critics don't like heavy metal and are really bands like judas priest and black sabbath are are put in there really begrudgingly um but then when it comes to uh putting somebody in who doesn't play rock and roll it's like yes of course it's a famous name they want to be associated with Carly Simon, I, I love Carly Simon. I don't think she's rock and roll at all. She isn't. I love Carly no. Simon, but she's not a rock and roll musician. No. Um, but I think she should be in some Hall of Fame, a Songwriters Hall of Fame or something. Uh, Lionel Richie, uh, give me a fucking break. Nah, no. No, very popular, but that's pop music. Maybe, maybe not. I, like, I don't know. I like the Commodores. I like, some I like the Commodores. I like Lionel Richie, but I don't know. See, that's where you have to have debates, maybe, uh, uh, about certain acts. And maybe I would, actually. Maybe I would. I don't know. I'd say fight. Fight. Eminem, who's uh, a sensational <laughs> artist, is def- definitely hip-hop should have their own Hall of Fame. And to have hip-hop, who they have no knowledge of. Eminem had little, when he went and did his acceptance speech, had he named all these rappers for like five minutes that have influenced him had really no idea about any of the rock and roll musicians that were even in the Hall of Fame. That's why it should be separate. Is because it is two really different types of music. People who listen to rock and roll tend not to listen to that stuff. Yes, and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Eminem is a brilliant, brilliant wordsmith and rapper and should be in his own Hall of Fame, not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Eurythmics were great. Eurythmics yeah, definitely yeah. deserve to be in the Rock and yeah. Roll of Fame. Fuck, they're so good. They did Would I Lie to You. They did Missionary Man and Sweet Dreams. And that was, you know, they could have played for 20 more hits on there. The rhythmics are just brilliant. And and that, and then we're, and, and okay, okay. And Dolly Parton, everybody loves Dolly Parton. But she has nothing Fantastic to do with rock and roll. Voice, not rock and roll. Not rock and roll. No. Um, we do everything on this show. Like, we do all genres. This is not... Sounds from the seventies, rock not and roll. Rock and roll sounds. No, exactly. No. This is not rock and you roll sounds from the seventies. Um, and we're clear to point out, she plays country slash pop. She and she did a t- so for this, and I love Dolly Parton. Everybody does. She wrote a song called "Rockin'" just for this, and it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. It's just what you think a, a country pop artist would write to to try and be hip with the rock and roll crowd. And uh, it amused me, but I love Dolly. She's already in the Country Music Hall of Fame. She even thought that she didn't belong here. And uh, <laughs> she came around. And that's that just what pissed me. There are, yeah. I could have a list, probably at least 100 names of bands that are waiting to get in, rock and roll bands that are waiting to get in, but are not because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame wants to be as popular as possible. And they don't care about it certain things uh like rock and roll like rock and roll no they don't care about rock and roll and of course the one thing that really rubbed me the wrong way as did jan wenner as did a couple people i have discussed this on the show before uh the lawyer alan grubman who i take it is and i understood now when i watched the show why he got in and i'll tell you right now ladies and gentlemen uh, Alan Grubman uh, is a lawyer and has represented many uh, top musicians. And and I'll just say before I get into why he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, I'll just say no lawyer should ever fucking be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Lawyers are the antithesis of rock and roll. Yes, they help out. And you know what? They get paid. They do a night. job, which is not rock and roll. <laughs> they do a job, which they're supposed to do for a rock and roll person. Now, if they do a job for a baseball player, do they get into the Baseball Hall of Fame? You know who should be in there ahead of lawyers? Roadies. 
Yeah, I agree. Where's Chick Monk? You know what? Seriously, I agree. I know. I'm I'm serious. You are right. Where's Chip Monk? Chip Monk represents rock and roll almost as much as any performer does. Everybody knows Chip Monk. Great managers, great producers. Yes. I totally agree. A lawyer? Okay. This is why I didn't realize until Alan Grubin did his speech, why he got in. When the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was, was formed, there was three people. There was Ahmed Erdogan of Atlantic Records, who's legendary. And is already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, and there, there was Jan Wenner, who, of course, started Rolling Stone, deserves to be in the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which he is. And they called Alan Grubman. And they said, come to lunch with us. This is Alan Grubman's story on his acceptance speech. I'm not making this up. So there's the three of them. And Ahmet Erdogan says, Alan, we want to start a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What do you think? Do you want to be one of the three guys that, that start this thing? And he said, sure, it sounds like a great idea. There's a baseball Hall of Fame. You know, there's a football Hall of Fame. Why not? Why it not? sounds like a real kick in the pants. Now, you got two guys who started this who were already in the Hall of Fame. Third guy is probably thinking, I started this with you three, two guys. Why am I not in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Dawned on me. Uh, so, Wait a second. That's a Hall of Fame award for the Hall of Fame. Yes. It's a Hall of Fame <laughs> award for starting the Hall of Fame, which the other two people, in uh, and, and giving dues, oh, Almond Erdogan definitely, both of them definitely deserved Almond Erdogan to be in the Hall of Fame by himself. Legendary uh, founder of Atlantic Records. And of course, Jan Wenner for founding Rolling Stone, which is the Bible of rock and roll. Um but a lawyer, uh, don't get me started, kids. <laughs> okay, so I have no problems with these people being inducted, but in different Hall of Fames, than, except for the ones that I noted that I felt were rock and I roll. I like them to have actually done something, produce some rock and roll. That's a good measure of, uh, of getting in. If they've actually done some rock and roll. Yes, you have. And to if they've done popular rock and roll that people liked, well, that's well, better. You know, see, that's the thing. There's not a popular pop rock because a lot of people have trouble with pop. That's why I kind of have no problems with pop people getting in, like Alano Ritchie, who's more pop than rock and roll. But there's, I don't think there'll ever be a pop rock and roll Hall of Fame because it's really broad. Like pop is almost anything that goes into the top 100, right, for singles. You know what I mean, Rob? Yeah, but I don't think that's what I said. No, I'm just saying it. Okay. I'm just saying it. And um, so that's why I, I'm more like, okay, if if Lionel Richie's in, I got no, even though Lionel Richie in a way doesn't technically play rock, kind of the Commodores did. You know, they played funk and rock, uh, fucking, fucking rock, funk no, no. and rock. They, they did, fucking rock. <laughs> <laughs> and Lionel Richie kind of, you know, even though he was definitely more pop and ballad orientated than than he was rock, uh, I think there needs to be a place in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for pop music because, you know, uh, but come on, like when you take jazz people and then you take you take folk artists who've never even had an electric guitar on their records, uh, like I wouldn't have had James Taylor in this. I would have him in a either in a folk Hall of Fame or a songwriter Hall of Fame. But James Taylor is not a rock and roll musician. And uh, so I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just criticizing the labels because rock and roll does stand for something. It does. When I was growing up, rock and roll stood yeah. for so much. And when I grew up, it meant life or death. Now rock and roll means anything. Now rock you and roll means polka, anything. You're rock and roll. You're rock and roll. If you if you if your polka all of a sudden influences enough rock and roll people, then they say, well, you can come in. And it's like, no, like I'm not trying to be. Oh, I am. I'm trying to be exclusive because yeah. there's other places for these people to be, and because they're not as generous with the rock and roll people. Like no, I they said, they have their earlier. definite yeah. definitions, and rock and roll doesn't have any definite definitions. It can be anything. Bullshit. And they like that. They say, "Oh, well, we like we we accept anything." And I say, "No, that's bullshit." I say, "If we're 
And we're not discriminating. We're just saying that's not rock and roll. Yeah. They're saying to us, sorry, you can't be in the Country Music Hall of Fame because you're rock and roll and not country, even though you've influenced... <laughs> Which makes perfect sense. <laughs> well, you've influenced many country musicians. Who cares? You're not country. You're not rock and roll. I understand that. I actually agree with that. Willie Nelson is going in this year. It's one of the nominees. Everybody loves Willie. It's not rock and roll. <laughs> Everybody loves Willie. I mean, I could talk about this forever, and it just exasperates me and gets me mad. But overall, it was not a bad ceremony. Like, the ceremony itself, the music is always good. You get Pat Benatar playing. Fuck Pat Benatar. Just incredible. And even Duran Duran was incredible. I'm not a fan of Duran Duran, but uh, they were really good. Judas Priest was good. Um... The rhythmics were fantastic. You see, and I'm not talking about all, all the rock and roll bands. I'm not mentioning any of the other bands because uh, they shouldn't have been performing there. Uh, and they were out of place and whatever. And they should have known it and not shown up. No, don't be an ass. Publicity uh, hogs. Um, what was I going to say now, Rob? I'm going to say, boy, that uh, that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm glad that it's over for this year. Boy, you piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> they go, man, Gary's got some good points and Rob's being an ass. Uh, consistently. Consistently. Yeah, I'm not going to go over the nominees from or the inductees for next year. Because no, I, there'll be plenty of time for anger after I will talk about that year. when I watch the show next year in December or whenever I get around to it. It's hard to watch. Because it takes up four hours of your life, and you know you've wasted it, but you know you have to do it. It's like work. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not supposed to be. In a perfect world, if they'd be inducting rock and roll acts, it'd be, wow, it's great to see. Yeah. I, told, I said this idea before on the show, but I thought that they should have stopped with the 50s artists and then made a museum. And it would just be a rock and roll museum of all the stuff that they have in now, but not, you know, you, you always have, you could induct all the 50s artists and, and stuff like that and kind of stop at the Beatles and and then just have a whole bunch of artifacts like they have now in the Hall of Fame and not really call it a Hall of Fame, but call it a rock and roll museum. museum. And uh, that That'd way you didn't cool. piss anybody off. Now people expect or get angry because they're not in the Hall of Fame. So it will always live on, which I hate because I would like it to die, but it won't because now it's become such a part of the culture that bands now really want to be in the Hall of Fame. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to list, I'm going to list, I'm going to get a list of 100 bands that are rock and roll that somebody would like in the Hall of Fame, not necessarily me. But there's a, a big list, not as much as there used to be, but there's a big list. Anybody says Ario Speedwagon, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good bands. I mean, they put Journey in, and that pissed me off because I'm not going to get it. I don't want to piss anybody off who likes Journey. You will hear how I feel about Journey when we review we a Journey album. <laughs> My golly. But Journey and Foreigner and Ario Speedwagon can can suck my big ball as far as I'm concerned because they're anti-rock and roll because they're corporate. And if you're corporate, then you can go you ain't suck a duck. You, ain't rolling. You, can, you, can, you can go eat a duck. <laughs> <laughs> and they can afford to, too. They can afford Because to. their albums have sold so well. I hate talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it gets me so mad. That's why I say we go to Cleveland, we fight. We fight. Last man standing. <laughs> so today we are going to review the 1979 debut album by the all-women punk group The Slits called Cut. Cut. <laughs> and Cut. Cut. Like that. Okay. And uh, The Slits uh, were post-punk. No, they started in the punk era, and but they actually started recording in the post-punk era. Now the post-punk era, oh, do I have to explain all this? After punk... There was post-punk. And post-punk was not mainly three chords and three minutes. It was much more complicated. It, it, in fact, uh, John Lydon, of my, one of my favorite bands, Public Image Limited, called it anti-rock and roll, which was they experimented a lot more. It was a lot more uh, avant-garde, experimental. Post-punk was... Uh, kind of like the punk attitude but with much more of an adventurous 
much more of an adventurous way of going about it than the three chord Sex Pistols Clash type thing. Um, the Actually, the Slits formed in 1976 with members of the groups of the groups, the Flowers, I don't know why I said that twice, I didn't need to. The Flowers of Romance, which actually had Sid Vicious in the band. And the Castrators. I hate that name. The Castrators. I hate that name. Uh, ah. Now, the group's early lineup consisted of Aria. Yeah, yeah, and she was in the... You get it? Uh, Aria. 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 Aria, let's go. Uh, Aria, who was German, by the way. Uh, Ariane Foster. Forster, I'm sorry. Forster. And Palmolive, a.k.a. Paloma Romero. And uh, they formed the band with Viv Albertine and uh, Tessa Pollitt. And uh, their 1979 debut album, which we're going to talk about in a minute, Cut, has been called one of the defining releases of the post-punk era. Now, Palmolive left before the recording of this album and actually was replaced by a, a dude so uh, some people may say, hey, man, you said an all-women band. Well, the, the, the guy played drums, but he wasn't... He was after He was the, not considered a member of the band. He was just considered the... Uh, well, which drums. is, I think, what should be for every band. He was just considered the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter Clark is his name. He went by the name Budgie. Uh, I went by the name Budgie in high school. Uh, did not get me any women. No, you got beat up a lot. <laughs> I got beat up a lot. <laughs> and uh, but he was like uh, all the pictures that were taken were of the women. It was it was a women's band, and uh, Peter Clark just played drums. Uh, so take that, uh, you people who uh, hate other people. And uh, they started out playing punk music, like the three-chord music. And by the time they recorded their album in 1979, Cut, they started playing a punk reggae fusion of... Um, oh, you get to review first today. Yes. Yes. They played a punk reggae version of Hybrid. And uh, that was what they did. And the band actually uh, only made a couple albums and uh, faded. Not faded. That's a ter terrible thing to say. They actually only made two albums, uh, uh, studio albums, and they uh, broke up in 1981. They are still legendary in the punk circles. I could go over Maybe I should just before I give the uh, podium. Podium to Rob. Ha-ha. Woohoo. Is uh, my podium idiot? Uh, <laughs> is some of the accolades for this album, uh, just so you know how it is thought of by the uh, establishment. Uh, a bunch of millionaires, BS. Yeah, I gotta do it. It's my job. Uh, NME called it uh, the New Musical Express, called it the uh, uh, Ranked at 278th of the 500 greatest albums of all time. <laughs> Please continue. Paste Magazine called it the 11th greatest post-punk album of all time. Sure. Pop Matters called it the 4th greatest post-punk album of all time. Rolling Stone, this surprised me. Rolling Stone called it the 260th greatest album of all time. Uh, Treble Magazine called it the 24th greatest post-punk album of all time and the 132nd greatest album of the 70s. And there's a lot of, uh, lots of nifty things said about the album from critics at the time and in retrospect, just to let you know. And now, for only the second time on this show ever, Rob is going to give his review of the album of the Slits um, am I pausing between my words, or am I just going to speak without pauses? Well, speak how you speak when you when you review your album. When I ask you to review it every week. Ah, that's boring. Ah, uh, I kind of like this one. It was weird. What I thought the I was fuck? Like <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. The part I liked about it was uh, the total art rock experimental nature of it. Uh, the amount of work that went in, 
it was weird. It was like, I was listening to it and I was like, you know, this isn't really meant for radio and how would you take this on stage? Oh, shit. Like, <laughs> where would you do music like this? It was so far off the edge. Uh, you blow my mind. <laughs> just the experimentation was so cool. The layering. Uh, I thought the playing was uh, was okay. It was not uh, good or great. But uh, what they lacked in the, the the actual playing skills, they made up for in the imagination and the, the the actual notes they were picking. I thought there was uh, a really that. neat parts they were coming up with, and they were played competently. It's not like uh, there was anything standing out. The team, by the way, is uh, whether she's a man or a woman, and I hate to do that. <laughs> I, I really do, but I just want to. I just want to tell people it's a woman because there weren't many women guitar players, as we've talked about in the seventies at all. And it seems funny now to say it, but back then, you know, there weren't many women guitar players. Uh, but regardless of that, she's she's a great with is uh, coming up with different. She's the only guitar player on this album, as you can hear. I just thought that uh, some of the things she did was very smart and experimental and uh, for a guitar player in general. I shouldn't say for women guitar. I just wanted to make that. Yeah, know. I mean, uh, as far as a uh, new wave punk, this was uh, this was downright some freaky playing. Uh, uh, I like the songs, the, the writing as well, the way they were arranged. All sorts of different weird... Uh, it didn't stay in any one spot for any length of time, I found. No, I agree with that. Uh, I got to talk about the vocals as well, because the vocals were weird. I, I first heard it, and I'm thinking um, it reminded me of uh, Nico from... Um, um, oh, the Velvet Underground. Underground. Yeah. yeah. I was like, where? Do, do, what is that accent? Where is that from? That's definitely an accent. Well, she's German. Ari, Ari up is German. I didn't read up on any of this stuff, so I was just... That's guessing. my job. You know what I was going to guess? You know what I was going to say, I'm going to guess... They're from Iceland. <laughs> I would have been wrong. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's my job. And uh, I, so now that you know it, it's German. She's German. Vocals. Um, uh, one of the neat things which gave it a really primitive feel to it is a lot of uh, they'd have multiple singers singing, but instead of doing harmonies, they were doing mostly unisons. They would yes. do harmonies rarely, but it was mostly unison singing, which gave it a weird sound to it. And that weird vibrato that they were using um, uh, when they were singing, it did because sometimes blurred out the words. I found that was a bit of a distraction at times, but that was the style they were using. You got the lyrics, though, right? No. Oh, didn't you? No. I looked, I, uh, up, I looked up the lyrics. I gave a quick look and uh, that uh, didn't find them and uh, gave up. Well, you didn't look very hard because it took me five minutes. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> didn't need them. <laughs> okay. And I found the singing uh, is, was not strong or confident or practiced, but it was uh, uh, it made up for it in enthusiasm, like total full bore, yeah, enthusiasm. I had a word there for that. Passion, that's it. And I would describe the vocals as a strange kind of a talking reggae rapping. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I started off thinking uh, you got to be kidding, and uh, after about uh, three lessons, uh, I found it fascinating. Hmm. Though the layering of uh, yeah, this is totally. Uh, this may be the biggest shock I've ever had on this show. <laughs> Seriously, you thought I was going to? I it. N almost knew what you were going to say, and I was totally wrong. This is not. Uh, it's not a polished album. No, no. There's no polish on this album. It's almost, it sounds like it was done in the day. Yeah, like... Or uh, two days at the most, like side A was done on one day and side B was done. Except it's so complex and there's so many things coming in and out of the music, you realize just how much work they actually put into the, uh, the writing of this. No, it fascinated me about the third listen. Really? Yeah. I did not like it on the first listen. Well, I don't think we like many albums on the first list, to be honest. You know, and I guess I'm being kind of serious. No, but this one I thought, uh, on the first list, I thought uh, this was some amateur band that... Uh, no, what, what I mean is, it's getting recording. to the point where I almost expect, because we have to listen to, not have to, we, we, we listen to a record every week, 
for the last uh, well, we've listened to almost two hundred records now mm-hmm. in three three four years I can't remember. So uh, you get a you get some sort of uh, there was some sort of traits, and one of the traits is is that I would say on at least seventy five percent of the records were not totally blown away by it on first on first listen. Yeah. And so wrong. when it happens now, I don't, I don't like I did at the beginning when we did the show. I don't get all of a sudden. Oh no! I, I so now I say, well, let's uh, we'll see by the third listen. It's almost like a, almost a thing now, and that's what yeah, I meant by that. It yeah. does. It definitely changes. Uh, well, they can change over the. Some don't. Some of your first listen is accurate. It's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing new coming on the second, third, or fourth listen. But speaking of which. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only guy in the world that doesn't get this? And I have to tell you, right on. I lived on post-punk music. I seriously did. I, I, my brother bought bought these albums home from 1979 to 1983 on a continuous basis. I listened to some of the strangest stuff. I listened to some of the stuff that was both terrible and some of it is the greatest stuff I've ever heard. Um, my brother never brought this home. Uh, to be, I don't know why, but he never did. Maybe he felt about it like I did. I don't know. I've listened to, and I'm, I, I was so, I, I, it gets personal with me because post-punk was a big part of my life. But unlike my brother and almost everybody else, I could listen to post-punk and then I could put on Rush or I could put on The Who right after it. Whereas everybody seemed to say, well, I listen to punk and that's all I listen to. And my brother did that for a while. My brother was like, oh, you listen to Led Zeppelin. I said, you like Led Zeppelin last year. <laughs> and he, I'm not serious. I remember I had the song remains the same soundtrack and he heard it and he says, oh, you bought the sound of Mavis. I said, we listened to it on 8-track just two years ago when we would drive out, when mom and dad would drive us to the lake. And you were like, cool. I said, no, man, that's dinosaur music. I was able, and I that was just something that I was given, was I was able to appreciate everything. Everything. I could listen to post-punk. I could listen to Bread the next day. I could listen to Yes the day after. Yeah. I could listen to the Rolling Stones after that. I absorbed it all. I could listen to folk. I I loved, I seriously loved it all. There was so much. There was so much good music, and I loved it all. I made no separation between this is Garth. The only thing I didn't like was corporate rock, which we talked about before but that was still rock right? i was a little cautious of uh, the any uh, acts that i uh, considered made friends with the grown-ups yes yeah, the like a, a journey the uh a. and uh or made friends with like late 20s people like late 20s early 30s oh, like yeah, jerry yeah, and foreigner yeah. and i was always suspicious they weren't among the uh, the, the cool no they weren't among the people who really took music seriously uh no they at wanted, that time they wanted something in the background right exactly um, but I really grew up with this because I'm I'm really not joking when I say my brother brought home about three post-punk albums home a week. Sometimes he only stayed a week because he wanted to listen to it and then he'd sell it or he just lent it from somebody. So I heard all this music and uh, some of it, and we're going to review a couple of albums, just are some of the greatest records I've ever heard. Some of it's garbage, just like anything. But I know this music. Not exactly this, because post there's there's different types of post punk music. I've never heard this before. I like I've never heard this blend of of punk and reggae before. Yeah, and I don't get it. It's actually, and it's not coming from a novice. That's why I'm saying all this. This is coming from a person who've heard has heard hundreds of post punk albums, and I don't get it. I don't like it. I didn't like it on first listen. I didn't like it on my third listen. And I'm going to tell you something. It's the first record that I refuse to listen to anymore because I didn't like it. <laughs> it's true. I said, you I know what? It. I tried. And there was a couple of says, I got to listen. And I had three weeks because Rob got sick. And I did not put the record on after the third listen. Even though I had two extra weeks, I said, fuck this. I just don't, I didn't like it. One thing I do like, I love Nico, but I don't like her German voice. I, lo- I mean, I, uh, Ari Up's German really voice. Strong. Yeah. The strong German voice 
in this particular punk reggae thing did not do it for me it, it, it turned me off it was overpowering it was overpowering much. for me and in the same way that Nico's draws me in because it's more downbeat music that uh, is slower and I get almost in a trance when I hear it when I hear this type of a German singing um, with the accent it really turns me off it really turns me off, Rob. Even though I know exactly what you're saying about the inventiveness of the the, the background music. vocals, and oh yeah, the music All is the very inventive the stuff that's added. Yeah, but it it for some reason it just didn't do anything for me. It didn't. All this inventiveness, which I know is there, just didn't do anything. It <laughs> aggravated me actually, but not in an aggravated because it's it's idiotic, like a That's, Sega. I remember yes, all you Sega fans. I remember reviewing fans. reviewing that album and hating it because it was so <laughs> stupid. But I just uh don't like it because it's just not my cup of tea. But I hear like especially some of the chords that Viv plays, which are all of a sudden, you think she's going to go someplace, and she plays another chord, and it's a dissonant chord, and it throws you off. But you go, "Fuck, that takes a lot of balls." I don't care if you're a woman or a man, because if people go say balls, no. What I mean is, for anybody, it takes a lot of balls to play that, and it takes a lot of balls to play a, a guitar all by yourself like that. You know, the where you have to do a little bit of the solos, and you and you don't have a, the the strong guitar sound because it's very un un uh, distorted. That takes a lot of balls, and I like that. I like things about the record, but then when I hear it, especially with Ariab's vocals, which I know a lot of a lot of people like, Kurt Cobain thinks this is one of his was said that this is one of his favorite records of all time. I read stuff like that. It, it doesn't matter if I don't like it. I don't like it. I decided I, I liked it, and then I read um, all the stuff of like uh, what the reviewer said, and I was surprised. I didn't think they'd like it. Really? Yeah. I didn't think so too. I, you know, I read that and I was saying, what are they, what are they hearing that I'm not? Because, <laughs> and, and we get this sometimes. That's me and Weather Report, buddy. <laughs> I know, you and the Ramones. Like, yeah. like, uh, the Ramones, we, we've actually, had these. I, I actually shut off. I said, no more. Yeah, you did. You did. And uh, yeah. I remember that quite clearly. And, See, a, a great post-punk album uh, was an album that I love was, uh, even though it was actually a punk album, but it actually sounded more like a post-punk album. It was Richard Hell and the Voidoids, which we did, Blank Generation. I love that album. And Rob was very tepid. He didn't like any of the punk albums that we did. No, I think only uh, the Sex Pistols was one right. Now this, that, that album to me was revolutionary but Rob didn't like it, and it's funny because I get nothing out of this, and Rob liked it, and it just tells you that it was a fascinating period in music. Post-punk in the late 70s, early 80s, in all types of music, yeah. was very fascinating because people were trying things and and getting it played, not unless they played on the radio, but played by kids uh, on records that normally wouldn't play stuff that, that, was, that was weird like that. But now it was okay because of punk, it was okay to listen to weird music. The, the post-punk time, I mean, earlier you had uh, music kind of dividing off into different schools or groups, but this was one where like almost every new band was inventing its own new musical yes, style. Yes, that's right. That's a very a good point, weird Rob. time in music. Post-punk was a time, that's a very good point, is when everybody came in with their own description of what their band wanted to sound like. And that's why there were some terrible records uh, but that's terrible. Like yeah. nobody's going to like every post-punk album all over the bell curve. Right. You could love something and say, this is the greatest. That's why post-punk is like, um, a definition of like, uh, you can't hate the whole thing. Cause there's something you're going to like, right. <laughs> but there's also some things you're going to hate. And sometimes I'm surprised by the things I don't like, like this album, because I have been hearing it. I remember seeing this album, 50 years ago, 45 years ago, whenever it was, it was released. And my brother never picked it up. So I never heard it. But I heard this album, or I heard of this album since 1979, since it was released. Did they have the same album cover back then? Yes. Oh, okay. And I'm telling you, <laughs> and I'm not kidding, as a 13-year-old, just going, or just 
getting into puberty. That is about as sexy as things got back in 1979. Very an Amazon women, uh, healthy ones. I'm kidding. When there was no internet back then or anything like, yeah. just pictures in a, in a magazine, like like wearing bras was like, oh my God, that's beautiful. She's almost exposed, <laughs> almost. You could almost... <laughs> You I can, can almost, almost see cleavage. Picture what's underneath? <laughs> almost. It seriously was like that, and I remember like, oh fuck, yeah. I, I love this album. Secrets catalog. Yes. Big and, uh, and now it's like, oh, yeah, that's bullshit. You know, Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. <laughs> uh, it's uh, bad porn, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> bad porn. Um, so that was something that, but that almost maybe tainted it for me because I don't know if they're if they're kind of like. Are they taking this seriously? I don't know. And maybe yeah. that's why my brother didn't buy it. That's, I want to make that uh, point for the girl groups that we've done. I went into this with a kind of a negative impression and uh, thought, you know, uh, a lot of them are just, uh, maybe it became that way, but gimmick bands that uh, just, okay, we're girls, we can play instruments, we'll try and get famous on the girl part of it, not the music part. And uh, I, all the bands were reviewed, I thought, uh, really put everything into their music. I have to agree. I, I think uh, like, I have been pleasantly, not pleasantly surprised by the Runaways because I always knew the Runaways were great. But I was when I first listened to them because when I first heard it, like I said when we reviewed it, I thought that, oh, this is a gimmick. And yeah. this is just to, to get 16-year-old <laughs> boys to buy their records because there's 16-year-old girls. in the impression. But they... Hey, you got superstars Before, on there. You got Lita Ford. You got uh, Joan Jett. You've got um, what's what's the, sorry name. I can't think yeah. of the band I can't think of the band we hear next time, which was really good. Fanny, Fanny, I was Fanny Hill. even though I didn't yeah. give it a, I, I gave it just a good review. I was really surprised at how good it was. Uh, even though I didn't, I, I gave it a, a kind of I gave it a kind of a tepid review. It still doesn't attract that it was probably just as as. As it should have been done. It should have been done. Definitely had not talent. done. Sorry, sorry. It, it should have. It should have done much better than it did. There's no doubt about that. Even though I was tepid on it for a couple, of, and the only reason I think I was tepid on it was the vocals, which I thought sometimes were good, yeah. sometimes weren't, yeah. and that was the only thing. And it definitely had. A couple of hit songs on there that I, I just don't some, understand some why they wouldn't weren't played. There. Yeah. Yeah, so like in these three weeks, and even this album, which even though I didn't like, it was not that I didn't like it because it wasn't properly played or anything like that. These girls are very talented. There are just things that are like are like nails that a scrap on a board <laughs> going down, and I can't get away from that. And I'm, I, I feel bad about that. But there are a lot of post punk records I feel about that, and there are a lot of post punk albums that are just revolutionary to me. Are in my top you know, fifty list of greatest albums of all. We will be era, we're reviewing those albums. They all had that era had to exist, and they all had to do what they did. Like uh, there's an album which I can't talk about. One, because I want to talk about it in the future. And another reason is because it's in the 80s and I want to talk about it in a different way than a review. But it is such a revolutionary album to me. And uh, my brother bought it in 1982, I think. And it I listened to it for the first time after this album. I listened to it for the first time in 10, 20, 30, 40, 40 years. I listened to it for the first time in 40 years two weeks ago. And I listened to it twice. And I was blown away. And I've heard this album like and 50 we're, times. We're not going to tell you what this great and album is. And I know. Is. I, I, it's, it's terrible thing like to do. <laughs> but we are going to talk about it. But first of all, I want Rob to hear it. And second of all, we can't talk about it in a review sort of thing because it's not a 70s album. But, but I want to talk about it when we talk about uh, post-punk because there are, there are albums that are revolutionary that nobody bought but are so brilliant. And I don't mean, I just, the concept is brilliant. And I can't say any more because then I'll give it all away. But I've never been excited, I don't think, 
than I've ever been during that post-punk period because all, like Rob said, and he said it perfectly, every band brought something else. They brought like, uh, oh, like like with the slits where we're going to do Combined punk reggae and reggae. And punk and yes. Even uh, with some new wave in there. And right some there. new wave in there. And then another band would do this and, a, and mm. another band would, would be heavy on the bass and another band would be heavy on the drums. And it was it was a glorious time. And um, I... I don't feel bad not liking it because I really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I was in the middle, I would be, oh, why am I? But I'm this not. This definitely doesn't touch you in a good it way. It doesn't. And trust me, there have been some really uh, critically lauded post-punk albums that I have not liked. It really depends on your taste because that's what post-punk is supposed to be. You find the, the bands or artists that... that really catch you and and sometimes you listen to it and it doesn't do anything for me i don't care what anybody thinks um i i, I agree with everything that rob says i wish that i felt that way that he felt but everything he said technically about this record i agree with uh, i didn't i just didn't find it fascinating i just i just found it aggravating and it just actually and i know this is mean but it's not meant to be mean it's just you know how some vocalists rub you the wrong way and you just can't yep. listen to them this is the way with Ari up that's the big thing and uh, the music uh, and, and, and the intersecting where because she's talking so German I can't make out the words and uh, I, I it just aggravated me yeah there are parts where I gave up trying to figure out the words yeah, yeah. and it aggravated me so uh, I give it a two star I know that's really harsh and I'm sorry but uh, if, no, it, no, if it if it if it doesn't do anything for me it I can't not only doesn't do anything but it also is a little aggravating. It, it aggravated me so much that below, I refused to listen that's to what it. Puts it below the middle yes. of two and a half. Yeah. Because I actually said I got to listen to this one more time, but I actually couldn't do it, and I had three <laughs> weeks, <laughs> and I wouldn't. I actually couldn't. I actually said I can't listen to this because it actually like really bugs me, like it unnerves me. This one it fascinated me. Wow, you. <laughs> this is the most shocking review for me coming from my review because i totally thought that you'd hate this record and i like that you love it because it should be loved i just don't but i love that you like it i do <laughs> i really do what would you give it just the way it travels from part to part and uh, it doesn't bore me in any way i gave it a four star i really like this one wow you know what i wish I wish I wish we that you were listening to music at the post punk time because you would have loved so much stuff. You would have been blown away by it. Yeah, you know, I, I bet it would have been the, kind of the same. Where there's some I would have really liked, and some I would have. Uh, yeah. you know, that's not for me. That's. A... I think you were born to be to have listened to that music. I really do because it's so adventurous and it's so fresh. And you were just born to hear that music, and I'm just sorry that you never had somebody like my brother to to pass it down to you. Yeah, no, I had my sister, and uh, she was into a different kind of... Uh, different kind of Sean Casting just didn't have the same kind of zip. <laughs> no. <laughs> Win a dream date in Teen Beat magazine. <laughs> I have to say, I really like this theme. Uh, and to kind of wrap this theme up, I... I know, liked it just in learning how few all-women bands there were. Three. And, you know, you can say uh, that it had a lot to do with the male bias and blah, 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 but... I also think a lot of it has to do with the fact that since music began, men have been making music to attract women. And women, I don't feel, have that strong compulsion to create music for the same purpose. It's not uh, their loins driving them for a lot of them. It's uh, their minds, their you don't sense think, of expression. Especially at that time, you don't think they're making it for the love of the music. It's for something else. And then you realize, wow, we've lived, we've lived in such a, a masculine society for so long. That's how we think. And yet, actually, that's not how it works. I really got that when I watched the Runaways movie. Uh, the, 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 the biographical one. And how Joan Jett uh, was so mad because, you know, we want to play our music. We take this seriously. Nobody took them seriously because, yeah. because nobody thought that women took it seriously. These girls were serious. They were serious. All of them. And um, I loved it. And I have to say this. I have to say this. I told Rob before we did this 
that, oh, there's a third group. Remember I told you that's the right. There's the two, a third group, the but I'm not going to do that album. I'm not going to do that album. And the reason I didn't want to do it, which is this album, <laughs> the reason I didn't want to do it was because I said, you know what? I don't think Rob's going to like this at all. And I think he's going <laughs> to yeah, really hate it. review. <laughs> and I didn't want to subject him to this music. And I hadn't heard it yet, but I just know how he feels about punk. And I just, I just said, I, 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 you know what? I'm going to go with somebody else. And it was a woman, and I'm not going to name it because we're going to do her, not do her. No, we're going to do her. <laughs> not literally do her. After we're done with her, you can consider her reviewed. <laughs> You're going to know by that. By I'm going to say two things. Happy days. I was gonna, I was gonna do, I was gonna do her. Not, I wasn't gonna do her. <laughs> we gonna do this again. <laughs> but I was gonna review her album, even though she didn't have an all woman band. She was very uh, as the, as a front woman and played the and played the bass and guitar. I thought that that would be uh, a perfect. And then at literally at the last moment, said, uh, I said, "Don't jam out. Let's. It's an all woman band. Let's do it." Uh, to myself, I was saying, let's do it. And hopefully Rob may, doesn't really hate it. I'm glad that I changed my mind at the very <laughs> last minute. Because not only did Rob not like it, but he gave it an excellent review. And he and he gave it an excellent review. Not only that, like just saying it's four stars. But he picked out all the stuff in it that needed to be picked out. Which I could have picked out, but for sarcastic reasons. <laughs> so I'm really glad we I, did it, and I'm really uh, happy we did. I've wanted to do this, as you know, since like October of last year, because we try and represent everything. And sometimes there were so few women in the '70s that I don't get that we don't get to play enough of them. Anytime that we can play women on here, we try. It's just that. Uh, there was not a heck of a lot of open arms for, as we found out now, no, for women playing guitar. Bands. Yeah. No, definitely not for girl not bands. Not bands. For, for, for singer-songwriters and for singers, yes. But uh, for rock and roll bands, no. This is, one of the, this is one of the most rewarding themes we've done, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely definitely a surprise for me. And we got a good one coming up. I'm even going to tell you what it is. Since I never do this, I'm going to tell you what it is. We do this every, almost every year. We do a Beatles thing. And we do a Beatles thing uh, where uh, we say, where were the Beatles 50 years before? So we're going to do that this year. We did it last year. Where are the Beatles in 1973, which was 50 years ago. And we're going to review uh, four albums. Uh, one of them uh, we already reviewed, which is the Ringo Starr album. So we're going to substitute an earlier album for Ringo. I like doing that because by the time we're done, we will have reviewed every 70s album by the solo Beatles. And uh, that's what's going to happen the next four weeks. Uh, we're always, I always like doing that. It's kind of fun. And then we're not going to be doing some themes for a while. We're In gonna, uh, seven years, we're going to run out. <laughs> we're we're going to run out of albums. Um, so that's all for today's show. Very interesting show. Holy. I don't think I've ever been as blown away. <laughs> And in in a hundred and I don't know seventy shows that we've done, whatever, I've never been as blown away as when Rob said, "I really like this album." I was like, "What the?" I think I even said it, didn't I? I didn't do it. It was totally spontaneous when I said, "What the fuck?" First, first listen, I wrote down, "Is this the Flying Lizards?" <laughs> By the way, it is a a terrible listen on the first listen, even when you get to like it. It does if you only listen to a little bit of this album. Uh, it, it may not give you a proper impression of uh, of the album. I no, just, this I is an album where you have to listen to three or four times. I found that it was just the writing and layering and it was so intricate. It's, it's not, uh, it's not a simple three-minute song uh, type <laughs> of poppy thing. No, and you know, did one line, uh, then comes the next line, and then uh, something comes in to emphasize that, and then the next line, maybe there's a drum part to emphasize that, and it, wow. So yeah. Rob liked that. I, I found it aggravating, but that's just a personal preference. <laughs> that really is a personal preference. Exactly and really, it, it if somebody else was singing it with, with not so harsh a German accent, I might have liked it more. Yeah, and also, like I say, the, the vocals, they didn't sound really strong or confident, but they were passionate. They were, they were getting right into it. 
They were doing it. Yeah, they were doing that thing. I'll take that thing. That thing's good. <laughs> they were doing that thing. They were good. doing that thing. I love that thing. Yeah. Well, that's all for today's this week's show. That's it. We're done. And next week we will not be airing a new episode, even though we will be taping a new episode. Thanks to Rob. Yeah. We will be putting up a new show in two weeks. Beep pop like that. Uh, which will be the start of our Beatles theme. And uh, so to all of you who uh, already Ooh. wished us a good and happy Our week's vacation. Not watching the Guarding Channel no, right now. No, no, no. See, you took away my joke. <laughs> <laughs> you just did. <laughs> good, good. Uh, anyways, that, that's it. Uh, I'm not going to do the joke. The hell with it. Let's so, get out of here. So uh, everybody, uh, take care. See you in two weeks. And stay safe. Now that is a mystery.